podcast continues to grow I wanted to develop the personality of who I am and one of the things that I am and I believe I'm pretty decent at is being a teacher I like to pay attention to events and one event that really caught my attention was in 2019 in Ghana the year of the return it marked 400 years of the first slaves leaving Africa and entering Jamestown in the United States today contributing to give a first-hand account of being a Ghanaian and what it's like to be in Ghana is Razak Salifu. He is currently a professor for business professionals at Mariana University in Colombia. And he's going to give you insight about Ghana, the people, the history, and just what it's like to be an African looking outside. So without further ado, let's go. Today's episode is sponsored by Maze Concepts, home of the excited accountant. You can count on him. You can visit him at his Mint Hill, North Carolina location. Visit him on the web at www.mazeconceptsllc.com or check out their new app at mazeconcepts.app. And today on Voices, I have a, a near and dear friend to my heart. Uh, we met here in Colombia because, you know, when you take yourself abroad, it teaches you things. And because the focus is going abroad, I wanted to have a discussion specifically about Ghana, the year of the return, which was in 2019. And it has a significant historical content, context. And so what, joining me today is my, my boy Razak. And I thank you for being here today, sir. And no person can introduce themselves better than themselves. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself before we get started. Hi, man. I'm Razak from Ghana, West Africa. Um, I live in Colombia now. I met, met Luis out here in Colombia. You know, he's family now. Um, I live in the south of Colombia, down south in Colombia. And yeah, I guess that's it for now. And th thank you, man. You know, the coolest thing about being in Colombia when we came a part of the program is just the international uh, feel and uh, connections that you make from doing the program that we did. And so that's why I think this topic of Ghana, the year of the return, which was 2019, is really, really cool. So uh, before I ask you the first question, just a quick back uh, backstory to what the year 2019 was for Ghana. The year of the return in 2019 marked 400 years from the date that the first African slave landed in Jamestown, Virginia, in the United okay. States, to start uh, uh, slavery in the proper slavery in the United States. So that's why they chose 2019 as the year of return. So got to start the questions with the, the simplest one. Where in Ghana are you from? Okay, I'm from a city called Tamale, like Tamales, but without the S. <laughs> it's like in the, in the north of Ghana. It's, it's the capital of the northern part of Ghana. So it's a huge city with 
lots of diverse ethnic groups. Like my city alone has like more than 20 languages spoken out in my city it's it's like it's the savannah so it's like lots of dry land lots of flat land and yeah yeah that's that's it it's called tamale without like tamales but without the s <laughs> well that, that that connects really well with the spanish thing that we got going on as we all yes, you know, are, are language yes, learners <laughs> so so because of that and you were in a pretty big city what, what was it like growing up there growing up was interesting because because it was it was it was the city divided not divided in a bad way but like divided by religion we had like 50 percent of the people were muslims and we had like 50 percent were like catholics you know what i mean so it was but it was a healthy healthy union like it was a help, healthy union in the sense that when it's Christmas time, for example, Christians share their food and stuff with their Muslim brothers. When it's when the Muslims celebrate their like eats and stuff, they give us their meat and stuff. So it was nice growing up in a very diverse, diverse environment as well. But um, I grew up in a Catholic home. We have like the British system of education as well. So we have like primary school, secondary school, university, you know, we don't have like high school and stuff back home. And yeah, I think that should be it for now, bro. It was, it was nice growing up in Tamale. It was very interesting, but also because of the diversity of languages and religion, I got to experience like different aspects of these, these cultures with religion as well. Like I have lots of Muslim brothers who who eat pork, for example. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and you get to know you get to know that people from other religions like uh are really nice and really really welcoming and really accommodating. Like it's not what what people make us make us think about that. For example, Muslims Muslims uh, just like you know people talk Muslims in a certain way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but but no, it was, it was like a healthy, like a healthy union of these two religions and cultures growing up. So it was very interesting. It was quite interesting. You know what's interesting is that you that that, that means that uh tamal or tamale tamale uh probably was a, a pretty good example where they could probably do a documentary or some sort of showing christians and muslims living together and sort of coexisting it probably could be an example so uh going past the year of return it could be an example of diverse uh religious co coexistence no most definitely most definitely like like there, there are times growing up when Muslims have their Ramadan, right? Ramadan is when they fast for like 30 days and stuff. Right. And then when they break their fast, they they break it with like fruits and special food and stuff. And like countless times they'll just invite us over to just come break their fast with them without us even fasting, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I think most definitely it would be it would be really positive to show to show that kind of healthy relationship to the world, you know, to make a documentary and stuff would be really positive. 
You know what I think is is cool is uh, especially just showing kind of the world. Uh, it then leads me to like you know what the world thought of 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 Africa and because Africa is a continent and it's all, all often misconstrued and convoluted as one nation and thinking the whole continent is one thing. So with that, uh, I know because outside people have opinions like that. What, what was the, the opinion in general, like in your the culture and society of black Americans and other blacks that lived in other countries? Like what was the opinion of them? Most, most people thought, like you said, most people thought that Africa nation you know we are we are we're all like in war hunger we didn't have enough food we lived on trees <laughs> like <laughs> like even when i got here people asked me do you if i had like an elephant as a pet if i had like a lion as a pet, you know what i mean and this is like this is in this century the 21st century bro and I, I, I just felt, I, I wouldn't say I felt bad. I just, I just didn't feel that people were enlightened enough about the continent of Africa. Because Africa is huge. It has all different countries. And each country is diverse. Like just Ghana alone has more than a hundred ethnic groups. You know what I mean? Depends on what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. Bro. Yeah, bro, it's it's really diverse. Like you move like you move like five kilometers and you meet a different group of people eating different foods, speaking a different language. You know what I mean? But then most people outside, most black people outside still like still think that that Africa is one nation and we are all suffering, we're all in poverty and hunger and stuff like that you know what i mean so yeah. yeah so 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 what did you guys think of or well you and maybe in your personal uh social circle what did you think about the people the black people in the united states or canada or in the caribbean what was your opinion no we, we saw them as as who they were we saw for example black people in united states we just considered them as americans you know we didn't even consider them as africans because because they are Americans, you know, and like right, right. <laughs> we just thought of them as Canadians, you know, because that's that's what they are. That's what originally, originally we are all from the continent, but but we just we just saw them as who they were, you know. We didn't we didn't try to to make them. To, we didn't try to make them look like. They were from Africa? No, not once. We always just saw them as who they were, like where they were from and who they were, you know what I mean? And that's really an interesting dynamic because uh, some people disagree with my, my, my uh, sort of concept of uh, the term African-American, which I personally disagree with. And I think black American is more correct, but I mean, it's neither here nor there because it's my opinion. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anyone else they're wrong, but with that, do you, do you, did you know the opinions? I mean, cause it sounds like you knew some, uh, know the opinions of, and the false narratives that many nations outside of the continent had about Africa and, and how did it make you feel? Cause I mean, just imagine knowing people think about you in uh, a way that is totally not you. No, bro. Like, like growing up, growing up, we had, we had folks who, who had family, like, outside of Africa, like in the States, in Canada and stuff. Like sometimes they would visit, they would visit us. And then they would be surprised that we had, 
we had internet, we had phones what? and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll be surprised that we had TV and stuff. They'll be surprised that we watched CNN and Al Jazeera and stuff. And honestly, it made us feel bad because we didn't think like being kids and growing up and all that, we didn't think that that's what people out there thought about us. You know what I mean? Because and, and, and you know, we, growing up as kids. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Like growing up, growing up as kids, we we would watch TV, we would watch movies, and we just thought that oh, these guys also watch news and stuff. But then we didn't know that the media always projects what they want, the negative aspects. You know what what suits them. You know what I mean. So I don't really blame. The other thing, I don't really blame like people in the diaspora and stuff who think that. We are, we are still living like in trees and mud huts and stuff because it's the media, but the media chooses what to show, you know, that the media just picks like a village somewhere in a country in Africa. Obviously, obviously we still have undeveloped areas, lots of undeveloped areas and stuff, people suffering and stuff, but they just pick that one aspect and they put it on the news and then that's what everyone sees. So honestly, yeah, we felt we felt really bad. Like there'll be kids who'd come to and they'll be like, oh, you have a TV. Oh, you have you have electricity. So disrespectful, <laughs> man. Jesus. No, but then that's the thing. It wasn't because they wanted to be disrespectful, just because they grew up thinking that we still lived this kind of lifestyle, you know what I mean? In the stone so, age. <laughs> it's a complicated topic, honestly. It, it is. So with that, like uh, another thing that I, I know, well, I feel like existed is a general idea is the language, right? So you mentioned that there's over 20 languages uh, where, where you're from. And so what, what other languages are, are spoken? Like what's maybe the most popular language that is spoken in Ghana? Well, English is the official language, right? Because, you know, we're colonized by the British and stuff and all that. But then the next popular language apart from English is Akan. Akan is, is the largest ethnic group in Ghana. They are like 40% of the population in Ghana. And so it's very easy to pick up Akan. Also, we have Gonja, which is from my place. We have Dadbani, we have Hausa. I don't know if you've heard of Hausa. It's a language that's spoken like in the north of Africa. Okay. So, yeah, so Akam, Gonja, Hausa, Dadbani are the most, most common languages out there in Ghana. And so, like, what kind of, I guess, alphabet or, like, uh, word, letter or word system is normally associated no, with No, we use the Arabic, the Arabic alphabet. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's, it has the same yeah. sort of base, baselines, just obviously Basic spoken baseline, different. yeah, like, for example, instead of saying A, B, C, D, in Akam, you would say A, B, say you know that kind of pronunciation so it's still the arabic alphabet by the way right okay okay so 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 with that um it is because people kind of sort of categorize the continent as one place and i i won't do that but i will acknowledge that there's 50 again there's 50 plus countries in africa if you could live in another african nation what what, what one would you live in other than ghana Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, I think I would, I would, I would want to live in in Kenya, 
probably, most probably. Okay. Kenya. Kenya is in East Africa. Because I just think that Kenya is beautiful. They have their own language as well. They have like Swahili, which is like a national language. You know what I mean? Apart from English as well. Right. And yeah, I think I would like to live in Kenya or South Africa. Oh, okay. And it, it, it's interesting because South Africa is always sort of uh, seen on in the international spotlight, specifically for the, the situation that they had with apartheid, but then sort of like mm-hmm. shifting. Because one of the things that's interesting is in South Africa, there are white people and many, many generations of white people there. So that means there yeah. are like white South Africans. And so it makes it weird. Like you think Trevor yeah. Noah, Trevor Noah comes from a mixed family. Exactly. Charlize Theron is uh, South African as well. So it, yeah. it makes it a little weird yeah. for some people to think there are white people from Africa. <laughs> white people left. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, like, the white people came, came to South Africa. The land was good. The, the weather was good. And they just chose to stay. <laughs> they didn't leave. And so, yeah, like you said, there's, like, generations of white people, mostly people from the Netherlands, who just moved to South Africa and just made it their home. So we have white, so like white, blue-eyed, blonde South Africans. <laughs> wow, like the stereotypical European <laughs> yes, is yeah. in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so it actually leads to my next question of, is, is racism an issue in Ghana now? Now, we, obviously, I talked about South Africa, but Ghana is obviously different. It's up in the horn. So it, yeah. is racism an issue there? No, not at all, because we are all the same color, bro. We are all the same color. And so I think I would say there is a bit of ethnicism, which is because we still have like ethnic groups, you know, like I belong to a different ethnic group and you belong to another ethnic group and you probably need a job, but then someone from my ethnic group also needs the same job. So I'll probably give the job to the person from my ethnic group. But those are like very rare cases, you know, whatever. We don't have racism on that level. Like, like we don't discriminate based on color and, and ethnicity that much, not, not really. No, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say we have racism. I don't think it's an issue. Like, and, and it's interesting because uh, I know uh, it's, it was obviously a film was made about it and it's been documented a little bit about um, Rwanda and the, the movie Hotel Rwanda yeah, where yeah, you had the issue yeah. with the ethnic yeah. groups between the, the Hutu yeah, the and the Tutsis. Hutsis and the Tutsis, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I, so I do wonder about that because, but I'm glad to hear that that's something that's not really there. So thinking outside and seeing some of the, the, the world problems that exist, uh, thinking about now the positive side of the world, uh, where, when you were living in Ghana before leaving, where, where were like some of the ideal non-African nations that you were interested in either, either visiting or maybe studying or, or, or maybe even living? I definitely wanted to go to England. I definitely wanted to go to England because like I said, we have like the British system of education and all of that. And we're colonized by the British. And so we always saw England as not a promised land, but like like where where you'd want to go, you know, go visit, go live life. And so I definitely wanted to go to England. That's like the number one country I wanted to go to. Okay, cool. Um, 
I know, I know for, for some reason, I never wanted to go to the States, though. I don't know why. <laughs> but I definitely wanted to visit England. I definitely wanted to visit South Africa. Because we all saw South Africa as like the jewel of Africa in terms of development, in terms of really? technology. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. Like growing up, like back in Ghana, you know what I mean? Because we didn't, we didn't really know the issues they had in South Africa. Like once in a while, we, we knew their history and everything apartheid and mandela and everything but then we always thought that south africa was like the paradise of africa you know what i mean till we grew up and we learned that no it wasn't that wasn't the case <laughs> yeah it's it's serious what happens when you grow up and you you get education or quote unquote education and, yeah. and, and so speaking of like history and education what what would you say are a few historic events or accomplishments that people should know about Ghana and Ghanaians in general? I think Ghana, Ghana was like the first, the first country in Africa, if not in Africa, in West Africa, to gain independence. We gained independence in 1957. And it was led by a man called Kwame Nkrumah. I don't know if you've heard of Kwame Nkrumah. He had this idea of like having the whole of Africa as like a nation, like the United States. So instead of having countries, we have like states, you know what I mean? And wow, okay. Have like a single currency and all that. But you know, you know, he was assassinated and stuff. So Kwame Nkrumah is, is a very important figure in my country. I think the most important figure in my country. Also, also Ghana, Ghana was very, was very, was was a very important location for the transatlantic slave trade. I'm sure you know that by now, because our ports were used to like hold slaves in transit and then transport them to Europe and to the Americas and stuff as well. Also, what else? What else do we have historically? Oh, we won. We won the FIFA World Cup. The the FIFA Under Twenty World Cup. Really? In Egypt. In Egypt. Yeah, we won. Oh, awesome. Yeah, 2010, I think we did that. And we, we are the largest producer of cocoa. I'm sure you know that. We share that with Ivory Coast. So we export the most cocoa in the world. And what else? What else? Oh, Bob Marley has a wife in Ghana called Marley. She lives in Ghana currently. Really? And who? Oh, Muhammad Ali. Um, Martin Luther King, all of those guys visited Ghana at some point to visit Nkrumah and stuff. So Ghana has always had a history of, of important and relevant people coming down to visit for some reason, I don't know, just coming down to visit us. And, yeah. and, and connecting to that, like I, I was, so I did some research on the year of the return. Because I yeah. just kept seeing it trend on social media. Yeah. And it was yeah. a government initiative by uh, President, I don't want to say his name, Akufu Ado, is that right? Yeah. So, and he actually launched the initiative in September 2018 in Washington, D.C. So he yes, went to yeah. the capital of the United <laughs> States and said, hey, you know what? Yeah. We want to deal with the diaspora and connect people through the diaspora back to the African continent. 
And the goal obviously was for tourism, but to settle and invest in Africa because there's, uh, as an, a black American, I know for sure one of the things is a lot of black people like, oh, I'm gonna go back to Africa and so-and-so. And you just like, you just can't kind of roll up on a continent and just pick a country, you know, like you, you look like the, the, col the colonizers from before. <laughs> so you have to like get some of your history behind that. <laughs> And so what I saw, and I did it, read um, the stats, Ghana saw an 18% tourism increase because yes, of this yeah. initiative. And so that's a ton of, ton of outside money invested in the country, which I think is really cool. And so I asked, so what, what, is, it, what is it like to be in Ghana for, as far as sports, music, food, movies, socializing, like regular life? What is it like there? Um, it's... We, we 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 love to party a lot but back home like a lot like <laughs> bro like we love to party a lot we love to have a peace of mind you know? and you know Ghana is mostly a Catholic nation you know what I mean so we have lots of holidays as well just like Colombia bro but I think Colombia has really the most holidays. <laughs> oh wow <In> Colombia is <laughs> eighteen <laughs> yeah so it's like and people, people are really, really nice. Like, so nice in Ghana. The food, the food is amazing. And like back, back to the, the, the topic of the year of return, I, which I think it was an amazing initiative because like there's lots of black people out, out there in the diaspora who, who, who are like super successful, you know what I mean? And I think that once we, we as the black race in general, not just Africans or Americans or Canadians, once we, we come to the realization that Africa, Africa or Ghana or wherever, wherever you need to go, has, we have like fertile lands, we have like good ports, we have like lots of stuff. Once we think of, of things in this way, we think of going back to invest back home, people will start to see us differently. You know what I mean? Amen. Amen. You know what I mean? Because Africa has, has most of the world's resources, like most of the world's natural resources is down there in Africa. And once we as a black race just decide to go back home and invest, go buy houses, go start businesses, you know what I mean? People will start to look at us different. People wouldn't say, oh, so back, back in Ghana, you guys have electricity? No, people wouldn't have electricity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I really think this year of return was a really good call by the president of Ghana. And now other African nations are, are doing the same for the, for the year 2020. Like in Nigeria, <laughs> they, are, they are doing an initiative called the Door of Return. And they are literally building this huge structure that looks like a door in one of i think one of the slave castles or something and they are preparing for people from the diaspora to come through that's awesome that is awesome yeah. and, and so like if if i was gonna go to ghana and i wanted to watch a sporting event which what the sporting events would i have the options to kind of like that are big you definitely watch football bro football not American football, though, the original. <laughs> right, soccer. Football, football, football. Yeah, I got you. Now, football is the biggest, is the biggest sport in Ghana. You definitely watch football. You watch some boxing as well because we produce 
become boxing champion. We have like Azuma Nelson, who was a one-time world champion. We have Aikwate, who was a one-time world champion. So we box a lot as well in Ghana. And what else? Yeah, I think just football and boxing are the two major sports. Okay. What about music? So what kind of music am I going to hear? Because, I mean, there's rock and roll in the United States, rap, alternative pop. So what, what's, what's in Ghana? You listen to Afrobeats. You would, you would listen to High Life. High Life, it's, it's a salsa-like rhythm, but just with, like, the African, African touch. And then you'd listen to Hip Life, which is like hip-hop, but with the local languages. So you'd hear people rapping like with the same hip hop beat, same rhythm and stuff, but then in the local languages, it's called hip life. Okay. Is there like a form of rock and roll there? Because I mean, rock and roll has its roots sort of uh, in, in uh, uh, former slave music. Is there any rock and roll in Ghana? Not really. I mean, we listen to a lot of jazz as well. You know what I mean? But Rock and roll, I wouldn't say. So I wouldn't say we listen to a lot of rock and roll. So food, because everyone, they think with their stomach. And so they're like, what, when I come to Ghana, what am I going to eat? What is the first thing someone sticks in front of me? What else are they going to stick in front of me for you food? eat the best jollof rice in your life. Best jollof rice. Have you heard of jollof rice? No, what is that? Jollof rice is a, it's, it's a mixture of rice fish lots of lots of delicious stuff but then we make the same the same meal with nigerians and so there's there's always this war between nigerians and Ghanaians about who makes the best jollof rice <laughs> you know that but you eat the best jollof rice in ghana and we we eat lots of lots of rice lots of maize products you know lots of plantain you know what I mean? So you definitely eat jollof rice. You eat kenke. Kenke is made from maize that's allowed to like ferment and stuff. It's delicious. I have to show you. I have to show you. Absolutely. I'm I'm trying to taste all of that. <laughs> and lots of <laughs> lots of spicy food. We eat lots of spicy food that come as well. Spicy but and tasty. You know, not just the the Colombian ahi spice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I understand because that's just like put it on fire. Your tongue can't taste anything spicy. Nobody wants that. Yeah, bro. Yeah, so, so, bro. so, what about like movies? Movies and uh, socializing. Like, what kind of stuff <laughs> as far as that goes? Movies. We we have our own movie industry that's called. Hollywood for some reason just to copy Hollywood. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, and, and we 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 have some actors, lots of good actors who have like Ghanaian roots as well, like Boris Kujo, you know Boris Kujo? Yes, yes. He's, he's Ghanaian. There's this guy. Have you seen 300 Spartans? No. Uh is the, the movie 300 or 300 Spartans 300, is the name? Yeah, the movie 300. Yes, yes. There's this, there's a black tall guy who, who is in 300. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot his name. He's also from Ghana. Um, but we, we have our own movie industry. Obviously, they make like local movies and stuff. But then we watch lots of Hollywood 
as well, like the American movies as well, like yeah, yeah, we watch lots of American movies and British movies, oh, lots of British movies as well, because of the influence from our colonial masters, obviously. Well, and that kind of begs a question. I remember there was a quote uh, from Martin Scorsese, the American director, that like comic book movies are not mm -hmm. cinema. Are there like comic book uh, heroes and stuff like that uh, there in Ghana that are like sort of folklorish, big, uh, big uh, in the social yes, world? Yes, yes. yes, sir. We have a guy called Anansi, and Anansi is supposed to be a spider, right? He's called Anansi the spider. It's supposed to be the most Canon and intelligent character in Ghana, I think is the most popular. He's called Anansi, spelled A N A. Okay. Spell it one more time. You said A N A. A N A N S E. Anansi. All right. I'm definitely checking that out. And so as far as socializing, like, so what does socializing look like? Do people go off for like happy hour for beers? Do they go bowling, skating? Like what kind of stuff do they do to socialize? It depends. It depends. Like down south, down south, they, you would find literally like a bar or a pub at every corner. But like up north, like for example, in my city, like I said, we have Muslims, like 50% Muslims and 50% don't drink a lot in the north because you know because muslims don't drink alcohol supposedly right <laughs> supposedly <laughs> and that's that's another story <laughs> but then down south down south or like in christian catholic communities you know people people go out like friday saturday are like bowling days party days night clubs we have festivals as well, lots of festivals. We have like a fire festival where it's crazy. People go out, play with fire, and just have fun, drink, and just, just have a good time as well. We have lots of festivals. Well, when, when is the fire festival? I think the fire festival is in December. It just went by. Okay. And, and you said, you know, you made me think about something because you said a lot of different events. What is fashion like there? Because everyone cares about fashion. And I, I'm curious about, like, what fashion is like for Ghana. Is it, like, mimicking other people or is it unique? No, it's unique. It's really unique because in Ghana, we are, we are very colorful, you know. Like on Sunday, you would go to church and it's like, it's like a fashion. It's like, yeah, it's like a fashion show, bro, like. We have different, different fabrics. We like to mix lots of colors. Like you'd see, you'd see someone looking like a rainbow, bro, and it's not his fault. He just wants to stand out, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like traditionally, we, our fabrics are colorful and we just try to incorporate, like right now, they just try to incorporate everything into the modern world of fashion. So like you'd see lots of polo shirts with like African fabrics. You'd see lots of pants with like African fabrics. No, we are we we really like fashion. I think we are on top of our fashion here. I think so. Yeah, and I saw that there were for like the in December specifically for uh, the year of return. They had like twenty specific events, and they had uh, something called uh, Afro. Uh, Afro chic, and it was like Afro a Chela? 
Yeah, Afrochella. Yeah, that was an Afrochella. Like, a, I guess, like a, uh, a Gahanian uh, Coachella. Coachella. But it, and it yeah. had, it, like, I saw it was one day it focused on music, fashion, art, all of that. And so That's I just cool. think it's really cool yeah. that they had something like that. No, yes, and during the, the, the year of return, they had lots of events. They had, like, the Afro Nation event. They had, like, the Dirty Ray. They had, like, the Afrochella. And all this was happening, like, literally at the same time, bro. They had lots of big artists come through. Talking about that, Drake Drake is going to Ghana in March as well. Okay. March as well. So yeah, yeah, I think I that that that's what I that's why I said that I think the year of return initiative was good because because I think people people are beginning to realize that hey we can go have a concert in Ghana and still make our money. You know what I mean? Because these concerts were filled and they were sold out concerts, you know, Recross was out there, Caribe was out there, and they were sold out concerts. So I think people are beginning to realize that oh we can go go out there and still make money just like playing a concert in the states or in europe you know what i mean and that's good that's good that people are beginning to come to this realization because drake would never think of going to perform in a country in west africa or Ross or ti or jay-z you know what i mean but i think people are beginning to realize that there's potential and lots of potential out there well, you know, I, I, I think it's also because, and I don't know if it's a direct re- reaction, but the Chinese have invested a ton of money in yes, Africa. Yeah. And because I know like Akon has gotten really famous for like the investment that he's brought in, but I know China has done a great deal of investment. So uh, it makes sense in a, in a sense for the president of an African nation to invite, you know, uh, people from black people from the United States. But I mean, white people have come as well. Uh, to Ghana to invest in the country because basically uh, it, it'll be all Chinese yuan in the country if and, and it'll flood the market if you you don't necessarily diversify sort of the cash flow and and, and so from that I think uh, an interesting thing is while we're talking specifically about Ghana and the year return and obviously you love your home we're both here in Colombia so I do ask the question because I mean. It's not necessarily the elephant in the room that, you know, steal a pun. But uh, so what intrigued you to come to Colombia? Uh, to begin with, Colombia, like living in Colombia wasn't my plan. My initial plan was to just come, come feel the culture, you know, because I, I, I just finished watching Narcos, you know, the series Narcos and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. And and I was I was just really fast fascinated by the culture of Colombia, and I had a friend who was here. So my initial plan was just to come through for six months, you know, just travel around Colombia, see how it goes, and then go back to my country. But then I got here, and you know, you know, plans change and things change. But yeah, we yeah. <laughs> I understand. I was only supposed to be here for six months too. <laughs> so, so because uh, we we didn't really talk a ton about uh, where you are, but um, so how would you describe Pasto? Because Pasto is uh, a little bit off of the beaten path compared to the rest of like Colombia, because a lot of the Colombian cities are kind of like 
near coffee regions or near the coast, but Pasto is really close to Ecuador. So how would you sort of describe or characterize Pasto? Pasto is a really peaceful city to begin with. Um, I think it has about 600, 500,000 people living out here. It's, it's out in the Andes, in the Andes Mountains. And we have a volcano out here, an active volcano out here. Um, it's a really cool city, really peaceful. Um, cold, it's a cold city, cold all year round. And like you said, it's down south. It's like three hours from the border, the Ecuadorian border. And it's, it's a food basket for the, for the country as well. I, I came to realize they produce lots of agricultural products from here. And it has lots of lots of natural natural places to go to, like waterfalls, like mountains, like caves and stuff like that. But generally it's it's a very peaceful and cheap city to live in. So so are there any similarities to Ghana and from where you're from in Ghana and Pasto? Not really. Not really. I mean, it's it's a huge, huge difference. I wouldn't say there's a lot of similarities between Ghana and Pasto. Because, I mean, I would say, I would say similarities between maybe Ghana and maybe some cities down the coast like Cartagena, Barranquilla. But no, Pasto is a lot more different. They, they have like this called Inca indigenous feel. It has like this Inca indigenous feel to it. The food is different. I mean, the way of life is different. Apart from the, the only similarities that we have is there are Catholics out here as well. And back home, we are Catholics as well. Apart from that, not really. There isn't much much of similarities between Ghana and Pasto specifically, or between my city and Pasto. No, no, really. Because my city is hot to begin with. Like I said, it's <laughs> Pasto is mountainous, Pasto is cold. We eat spicy food out here. Like out here, they don't even like nothing spicy. Um, people here, people here are really close to their families. Like I'm not saying back home we are not close to our families, but we are just more independent, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I totally understand that. Yeah. So no, not really. Not really. And, and, and you know, the the thing is, I don't know if if it was was it a little bit of a culture shock for you? Because like well, for instance, one of the things was uh I mean, I studied history in school. I taught history uh, as a teacher in the States. But so I knew that there were many Africans in as far as the Atlantic slave trade that came to South America. Brazil was number one. Colombia was number two. And so I knew there were Africans here. But like my image of what a Colombian looked like never was a, a, a black person. And then when I arrived here, like in Bogota, there's not a ton of black people because that's where that, that was our entry point. But then once you start to kind of spread out across the country, you start to see people looking like you. And so I went from a little bit yeah. of a a discomfort to a culture shock and not because I didn't see black people, but because I saw them and I was like, I, it was in my head that I knew they were here, but then I saw them and I was like, wow, it's different. Is that something that you experienced in Pasto as far as like uh, maybe racial demographics? No, man, not, not, 
Not really, not really, because cause like I knew for some reason, for some reason I knew they had like Afro-Colombians and stuff. Yeah, like for some reason I knew they had like Afro-Colombians. Of course, we would watch football games and you would see black people in like the Colombian national team. Lots of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like half of the team. Literally. Right. And so, no, I, I wasn't really shocked about that. What really shocked me was, was the way black people were treated out here. It was like every black community I visited was like a poor community. It was like, like they didn't have basic amenities. You know what I mean? Black people were seen, as seen, like as seen as, as seen as the minority out here. You know, like, that's what really shocked me because I'm in the Afro-Colombians and I thought that like they had like equal rights and stuff with the rest of the people out here. Really? But what really shocked, yeah, but what really shocked me was like you would go to most of the black communities you would visit are just like poor, they don't have basic amenities, they're struggling, you know, because you know there is there is there is a coast close here, it's called Tumaco. There's a little town called Tumaco that's like on the Pacific coast. Right, right. That's like four hours from Pasto. And you go you go to this town and it's it's all dangerous. People are getting assassinated. You know what I mean? So that's what really shocked me. I didn't really think that black people would be treated like that badly, like just because they're black, you know what I mean? Because and the thing that as far as talking about Colombia because it's a great nation i think a lot of the outside the outside opinions about the country are uh definitely uh off or mis- mischaracterized uh i think it does because of some of me- sort of worldwide media does have sort of that thing with color because at first like you know i mean there's plenty of brown people here because they mix with indigenous yeah. people and black people so it is it what to me it also was a bit of a shock to see sort of black people seen in a different way. For example, like for me, when people didn't necessarily know where I was from, they would assume I was from a city called Choco or I was from or I was from Cali or I was from the North Coast. Right. Because that's I that's where the black people are from. And so I don't think they do that to be malicious because they still count those people as included into the the culture, the Colombian culture. But it, it it is something that you know does raise an eyebrow when you see that when the the more brown you are, the the community seems to have sort of a different uh, feel to it, and that that feels a little bit disappointing because I think it's two thing two sides to that. I think obviously there's the the main government that plays a role, but then I think there is a role that is played by the the black people. Maybe uh, I don't know how, but I know there's a role because. There, there is a degree of acceptance, I would say. I mean, obviously some people leave, but I think there's a degree of acceptance. So, and, and, but that's because it's ingrained in them. They don't know any better. And so I do hope that that's something that can be improved. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I mean, I do hope so too. I, I get that for me was, it was a huge shock. Like I, when, I, when I came here, I, I started to travel around and like you'd get to the point that I'm like, oh, you're a black guy, you're traveling. We don't see most black people traveling, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, you guys have black people here. They're like, nah, black people here, don't, they, like, they, don't, they don't travel. They don't 
how we like traveling, you know what I mean? But then, yeah, also, I hope so, bro. I hope so. Maybe, maybe it's not like you said, maybe it's not because they want to be malicious and stuff, but then maybe it's the way black people here have portrayed themselves and have, have it, acted, it, you know what I mean? It, it's so many factors. I just, I, 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 I do. I, I recognize racism is an issue, but classism, I think, is a more significant yeah, one. Yeah, I think classism, yeah. Well, because there's brown people here. Like, they can't tell. There's families with, literally, I've seen families where they have kids and two daughters, and one daughter is just the white version of, of the other <laughs> daughter. Like, they literally look the same, and one is just white-skinned, and the other one is brown. So they can't, they can't necessarily be, like, full-throated racist because they, nah, their, their kid nah, might be brown. Nah, nah, you know? So... Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'd like to give the final uh, thought and the final word to all the guests that choose to uh, contribute their, their wonderful voice and knowledge to, to this, this podcast. So I, I, what I'll say is I'll say thank you to you for contributing. I'm going to say thank you to you for the information that you provided for Ghana and your insight on the year of the return. And then I leave the final thought with you of you can talk about anything you want. It could be Colombia, Ghana. It could be anything in the world, anything that's on your heart. But I leave the final word with you, and I thank you for being on. No, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to spread to spread the word. You know what I would say is most people in the diaspora, especially most black people, should try visiting Africa. You know, try visiting Africa. Get the knowledge. Get the knowledge. First hand knowledge. Don't let someone tell you what it's not and what it is you know try visiting home it's beautiful and get the knowledge firsthand and let's all let's all try to make make africa a better place you know africa is a future bro it's a future and thanks for having me and yeah word bro word <laughs>